This may be the most educational episode I think we've had so far, Shane. This is I great. nerd out about this stuff. I'm so sorry. You asked what my hobbies were. At, <laughs> stuff and Hello, and welcome to Local Listens. Available weekly on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, and our YouTube channel. On this week's episode, we have Mark Passion of Robert's Roost and Robert's Roost Media. We talk about music, making music videos, science, and get a lesson on physics, light, and black hole. Other bands are mentioned throughout the episode, and you can find links to them in the episode description. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I am Bailey of Bailey Ukulele. And I am Shane of Sanatorium Hill, and we have... Mark Passion from Robber's Roost uh, Media slash band. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because you have the actual Robert's Roost Media. It's kind of like a conglomerate of just stuff that I do. <laughs> All right. And then Robert's Roost, the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long has Robert's Roost actually been a band? Shoot. Robber's Roost has been a band... For, uh, well, I guess it, it's been since September of 2013. So that's, what is that, uh, eight years, nine years, nine years. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, it's been it's been a while. Wow. <laughs> and it's gone through a, a whole iteration of uh, uh, different people and different sounds. And it's just kind of been this morphing project, a uh, revolving door of people, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I like the revolving door. And it's kind of. Yeah picture people just <laughs> yeah. like getting in and getting out <laughs> yeah. so like because you're on the road now sort of are you focusing more on the media aspect because i know you're doing all the drones and all that yeah definitely more than music i kind of set music aside for a little bit here and you know the whole pandemic thing and just lots of external pressures and but anyway so uh, mainly, I've been uh, ma- just filming, doing uh, music videos for bands, uh, and there's just there's different things. So I have a, a drone obsession. I, I build and, and fly and film with drones, and uh, it's been great for things like real estate and si- just silly little things here and there. But my uh, where my passion lies, with no pun intended, with the last name there, but uh, <laughs> is um, the whole dr- uh, drone thing. I just love flying and filming with drones. It's it's a uh, um sort of therapeutic <laughs> that's awesome i get that i don't do the first yeah. person <laughs> you do <laughs> it, there is something about just going out oh, to like a park I mean... and being like yeah i'm just gonna sit here and relax and fly around a little bit yep absolutely <laughs> you know you know the exact thing you're a drone enthusiast as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. with robert's roost the band because i know you do vocals and you play guitar are there any other instruments that you throw into the mix or that you can play? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I I have a whole uh, little list of instruments that I kind of throw in every once in a while there. But uh, um, mainly on recordings, um, I've done all the guitar and vocals. And then I've done some mandolin, some bass. Uh, I also play the musical saw. I've put that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, just... Uh, you know, it's I've, I've had a couple other musicians. I kind of leave it up to them because I'm just, you know, I uh, mainly focus on my area of expertise, if you will. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, definitely cool. a few other instruments here and there, though. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, um, I think I'm at least somewhat okay on guitar. Uh, and I can... Oh, you kill it a guitar. I made a video <laughs> and I can, <laughs> I can bullshit it on the harmonica. So, uh, 
You know, I'm kind of up there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no big deal. <laughs> like, no, that's cool. But of course, awesome. Bailey plays a mean ukulele and is a master of the kazoo. So. Yeah. Oh, yes, kazoo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The kazoo doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, also... It doesn't. Yeah, that's also something I rock with Robert's Roost, too. I, uh, yeah, it definitely doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> Yeah. Musically, um, what would be like your influences? Because you totally have the ragtime kind of stuff going Whew. on. You got the swing going yeah. on. Songs about donating blood. You know. So uh, definitely, uh, one of my biggest influences is a band called Larry and His Flask. They're from Bend, Oregon, and they just have this incredible energy and this these harmonies that they just they're so well put together you know, as individual musicians and collectively as a band. And, um, yeah, I first saw them in Kansas City in 2011, and just I, I was floored, just totally blown away. So, anyway, uh, those guys were a huge influence, and there's other, like, uh, acts that are more ragtimey, uh, uh, less of the... See, what's the band? What's the band's name? Um, the Two Man Gentleman Band. They're great. They're in, like, a whole ragtimey thing. Oh, Nice. Yeah, those those two bands are like, you know, kind of encompass those genres. Obviously, there's plenty of more acts that are like hold like uh, influence, but it's hard to like bring all those bands up. You know, you don't want to miss one of them. You know, right. but those two are glaring examples. All okay. right, that's awesome. Is Robert's Roost the only band or like project you've been in, or has there been other projects? There have been other projects. Yeah, um, uh, it's. So Robber's Roost is sort of my my baby, you know. What I mean, I started it. There were all my songs, all, the, all the, but uh, there's other projects that I've been in. Um, just before Robber's Roost, I was in a band called Dirty Kid Discount, and they're from Portland. Um, I've kind of played with a few other bands here and there, but uh, uh, the most notable one would be Dirty Kid Discount, and then uh, yeah, my project Robber's Roost. But yeah, just little projects here and there, you know. Uh, and I've also done a lot of solo stuff before Robert's Roost. I did not know oh, yeah. you were in Dirty Kid Discount. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, I played with them for a year or two. I think it was two two years. All right. I need. God, oh, it's man. been a while since I listened to any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, been a while too. Yeah. They they don't play anymore, unfortunately. But yeah. They all individually have their projects, which are all great. Huh. I gotta. Look back into them. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to listen to the band and be like, there's a mark. Yeah, like, holy <laughs> shit, why didn't I put two and two together? <laughs> How, like, what started you getting into the drones and everything? What got you focused on that part of everything you do? Oh, that is a really weird story. So, um, it, it kind of started with, um, a video somebody had sent me of uh because uh, they knew that i was into trains i used to ride trains and do that whole thing and uh um they sent me a, a video of someone uh flying a drone and it was from the drone's perspective uh around this train and it was just such an amazing flight and the way he was just fl doing flips over the train and was like flying between cars i mean it was just crazy i've never seen anything like it Anyway, so that video made me go, I have to do this. I really, you know, I just wanted to uh, uh, put a drone together and go fly like that too, you know. And so um, eventually I, I got some toy drone and practiced with it until I can kind of fly it. And then I got a little bit better one. And then 
uh, so on and so forth. And um, it took me a while to discover that what I was actually going for in the video that I saw was something really specific in drones and, and these people, it's a whole community of people that build them and race them and, and film with them. And, and so if you, it's, uh, I, I kept going and buying typical drones off the market and uh, uh, those just can't, they aren't uh, capable of doing these kinds of maneuvers that this person did in that video that would that inspired me and so anyway um uh, this kind of rolls over to the filming side where it's like you know i'm i i love flying it's so much fun but then it like you know make a utilitarian strap a camera a camera to that thing and, and film it and um you know there's there's just uh ways that you can make the footage look great and uh yeah it's it just kind of spilled over into filming and now i've been making videos for people but yeah, the drones, it's an obsession. It's an obsession. <laughs> That's so cool. And you filmed the video that um, Michael Conway of Dogtooth and Nail put <laughs> yeah. out on the 16th, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, everything I eat is made out of beans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, be oh, Bean man. Dreams by Queer Beans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if Bailey sounds has good. heard that yet, but it is so funny. No, it sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Michael did a great out. job with that. Uh, I, mean, I just pointed a camera and, you know, put it together. But, yeah, they did a great job with that one. <laughs> yeah, when Shannon got home that day, I was just like, hey, you need to sit down and listen to this. This is a masterpiece. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're they're actually uh, we did a, a dog tooth and nail video too, and we're still working on that one, and that one's gonna come out in a, a few weeks or something. I'm not really sure when they're releasing. All right, and we have a Sanatorium Hill one coming out. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything yet. <laughs> <That's> your... <laughs> this is, I guess, this is actually coming out afterwards. But so on the 24th, it will be released as a part of the Punks in the Woods stream. And then whoa, after that, whoa. it will go live on our Facebook and YouTube and all that good stuff. Oh, I can't wait to share it. <laughs> <laughs> that was I'm so fun to film. We just got to yeah, mess well, around in the woods. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's the best thing to do ever is always just mess around in the woods. Yeah. And there were a couple of great takes in there where, where something happened. I'm not going to spoil the video, but that just cracked me up so hard. And yeah, we put there's a couple of them, but yeah. Yeah, you had mentioned that and said to put that in there, so I did. <laughs> oh, yep, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all those I listeners, now they're intrigued. Like secret cone you guys are having right now, it's great. Yeah, it it was so fun to do. <laughs> hey, if you know any other bands that uh, want, you know, film work or anything, you know, around. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> Bailey has a bunch of songs, also a new song he's been working on that, uh, yeah, it I might do be have nice a... to get something oh, out. Well, I think the one that I would, if I was to pick one, I think Neverending Summer would be a fun one to do. Ooh, that would be a cool one. Never Ending yeah. Summer. That's a great title too. I love it. Yeah, I really love that song. It's like my only summer jam song, and it's like super perfect. But I've never actually, I've always wanted to do a music video for it, but I've never actually had the, I've never actually had the right tools and people to get it together. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'll hit you up. Yeah, do something. Yeah, just hit hit me up. I got the things, and you know, just uh, we'll work yeah. out some sort of deal, and we'll do it. And like that'll, that'll be great. It'll be fun. Sweet. Yeah. The best yeah. part about Neverending Summer is 
Bailey's singing it when it's 30 degrees out and we're outside in <laughs> February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Because you got to stay warm somehow. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with the drones, there's always the bad day of either doing what I do is just forgetting an SD card or going out and thinking you're doing great and you end up hitting something and uh-huh. it ruins your whole day. <laughs> do you have any like stories of just horrible moments where <gasps> you ended up wrecking it? Yeah, I sure do. And it, uh, I'll tell you from, for anybody listening that wants to get into drones or flies drones, um, Spatial awareness, <laughs> uh, situ- situational awareness, those things are really important because uh, um, uh, power lines are just things you just can't see and while you're flying and just to have, you know, and I can't tell you, they're, they're, they're so small, right? But they, there's just one, one of the first things people hit, power lines are trees. Um, but yeah, power lines, watch out for the power lines. Uh, but my a story... Um, I uh, ran in one of the first nicer drones I bought and I went out of my way and was like, you know, I, I shouldn't be buying this now because I don't have that much money and I got to save money for things. And, but I'm just going to do this because re- I feel like I'm ready. It was uh, two days into having it and I sure enough crashed it into some power lines and it went Ooh. down and destroyed it. It was like two days, yeah, two days after I got <laughs> it and destroyed it and it was a uh, one of the one of the first ex- more expensive ones that I had invested in, and and uh, it wasn't that you know, wasn't that expensive in the grand scheme of it all. If you really dive into this stuff, um, I mean, but uh, yep, destroyed that one. So power lines. <laughs> I got lucky the day I got mine. Um, well, the day it finally came because I ordered it and waited for like a month and a half. Um, oh, yep. I finally got it. I was super excited like patiently waiting for it to charge. And then once I had all the batteries charged, because I was like, I'm going to want to fly it for more than like 20 minutes, went into Uh the back, started flying it, maybe like 10 minutes later, got stuck in a tree down the alley. Oh, no. (laughs) Is is this the first one you've ever had to? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So, uh we drove down the alley and i stood on top of my car with a rake and tried to fish it out of the tree <laughs> oh no yeah and did it work yeah i, I ended up getting it you back it. okay good there you good, go. good good only because i had those um god i don't know what they're actually called the kind of shield you put over it to protect the propellers Oh, the uh, uh, prop guards. Yeah, yeah prop guards. Yeah. Just because I had that on it, because I was able to like get the rake around it and pull it out. Mm, yeah, totally. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, I would have been like jumping the fence and climbing this guy's tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I. The way I avoided uh, major crashes or and like losing drones at first was. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still obviously crashed and lost drones, but um, it was to uh, go down to the store, like your typical, buy your typical piece of crap toy drone, you know, just like, a, and it, it won't last very long, but it's worth it for the price to to um, 
usage and learning ratio uh, because if you go out and buy a nice brand new one and expect to learn on that uh, the the chances of breaking it and and losing all your money are extremely high uh and with with the especially with the type of flying that i do nowadays it's it's full manual control and so um you if you go to fly something like this uh, without having any, any sort of background training or learning experience in it, it, it i mean the chances go up to 100 percent. i mean the first time you touch the thing it will crash it's they're they're really really hard to fly so simulators simulators or toys just keep practice <laughs> right bailey you planning on getting into drones at all <laughs> now i am now i kind of want <laughs> it's the future just yeah yeah. Definitely uh, responsi- be responsible. That's the number one thing I tell people. Right. Because, like, man, people ruin this whole thing by doing the dumbest shit with drones. But I watched a YouTube video, <laughs> like, a couple weeks ago. He was like, you know, I'm in my, I, I was in my backyard, and look what happened. And there's a drone, and someone brought him Chipotle into his backyard. And he's like, I've never given out my address. I've never, like, told him where I live. <laughs> So how these people found me is beyond me, and they've got a drone in my backyard with a camera. They can see my backyard. Yeah, right. what you gotta do is you gotta find a wide open area, and that's away from people's houses, and like, right. you know. And then, and then also, if you do have a like more close quarters um, flight situation going on, that there's not people around, or that the people that are around know about it and they're totally okay with it. You know, it's like it's all right. about just like respect and just like. You know, it's just it's basic stuff, but because mm-hmm. I've never had the police called on me for flying a drone, but most people who go out there have constant experience having police called on them for flying a drone, and it's like, I don't, I just stay under the radar. I'd rather not, you know, uh, you just got to yeah. be responsible with it. But yeah, for sure, fly responsibly, everybody. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because you are, uh, you actually have the like FAA certification or whatever it's called right yeah yeah i got a, a federal pilot license to fly drones <laughs> it's fun thanks for getting on that come on now <laughs> actually they made it a lot a lot easier recently so i mean it's still a little complicated but they did make it a, a bit easier recently so there you go. Um, you're, you're in luck because for me it was not easy they 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 really had that um that course you i had to learn pretty much everything that manned uh, aircraft uh um pilots learn everything from you know airspace and regulation and and nautical charts and all the stuff aeronautical charts all the stuff um and uh now i think that they have just a basic like this is what you the rules that you follow you don't need to learn all this other aviation crap like um and i mean i'm glad i learned all this other aviation crap though because it really opened my eyes to like wow like that's how that works and this is how i can keep everybody safe and like you know it's it's yeah it's definitely good and it probably helps prepare you more too when you're going out and flying it you kind of have this like deeper mindset now of how everything works and how it's supposed to maneuver absolutely yeah absolutely um and then also uh, being able to understand radio uh jargon that the airplanes have You, you get a little radio you can tune in and listen to them and then so whenever you hear them talk they actually report their position every time pretty much every time they talk and so you can look up and be like, oh, there they are. I got to make sure I don't get near them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That would be good to have where I am because yeah, they fly absolutely. over every, like, 20 minutes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> they fly pretty low, too. Yeah, because yeah, we're just in, 
like the landing airspace. So it's like, cool, uh, you're you're right there. I could fly so, right next to you if I could fly fast enough. So what's crazy, what's crazy to me, is that some of these drones, especially the DJI drones, the uh, I'm assuming that's what that's the one that you have is the, D, the DJI uh, Mavic Mini, right? Do, uh, we were talking about we both have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're in a certain airspace. This thing won't even take off because it's got GPS on it, and it'll be like, "Oh, uh, I'm in a you know such and such airspace," and it like w- literally won't even take off. And so I'm surprised that you it'll even take off where you're at. You must be in a spot where it's beneath, or the all the planes that fly over fly above 400 feet, and so you're allowed to. And like, because the drone will decide not to take off for you. <laughs> yeah, I can basically. I think it's I can get up to like 160 feet, and that's it. Like wow, that. I'm surprised it'll let you go that high. Yeah, it's nice because that's there's, cool. some, there's yeah. some tall trees around here I like to go over. But also, yeah. there's so much radio interference that like yep. I can fly yep. like two blocks away. And I'm like, yep, I'm disconnecting. Fuck. Yeah, that makes sense, actually, because it, uh, it's all run off of Wi-Fi and you're in a major city and everybody's got Wi-Fi. And, yeah. But yeah, it runs off the same 5.8 gigahertz Wi-Fi signal. Yeah, so it's... uh. It's fun to fly around and like practice maneuvers and turning and stuff going around the house, but yeah, like I can't do much here. So I normally like go down to the sound or uh-huh. go to some close park and see what I can do there. I can normally go a little farther, but if I'm yeah, on the sound, I can go like, out fucking until I can't. If you see get a, a good like uh, open wide open area like that, the um, I've. Uh, obviously, you're not supposed to go beyond visual line of sight, is what they always say. But uh, you know, you, the, those Mavic Minis, they can make you pretty far. Like, I mean, I, 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 yeah, at least a mile. Like, if you're without radio interference and stuff, yeah, you'll at least go a mile. And it's really weird that, yeah, you know, the rule of thumb is to not go anywhere out of line of sight. But it's also yeah. the Mini, which means you lose yeah. it when it's like 20 feet away. I know, <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> and they make them gray, which makes it even it's harder to deal with. up against the sky, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know, yeah. you're, you're describing my product, because I have the Mini too. I deal with it. <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, it's I think like you're describing my life. One of these days, I just need to like spray paint it like fluorescent or something. And... There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there I'm you go. I'm going to save on it. Yeah. You know... I'm getting uh, uh, like to uh, like uh, I, I'm digressing here a little bit going into the drones, but that Mavic Mini apparently has a payload mode, and so you can strap something to that thing; it'll carry something. Yeah, there is a payload mode that I don't know how to activate. Yeah, you, I uh, I think you just leave it off unless you put like something on the drone that weighs extra. Uh, and then it probably like pops up like, hey, this. Oh, this so you don't even can't even see the the option for it. No, I've looked all through oh. it, and I'm like, oh, where is this Here. thing? Where is this? Because even with the uh, the propeller guard on it, it pops up that it weighs more. Yeah. So, because that's the whole thing with the Mini, it's like 0.1 grams below, like, regulation or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. So that way you don't have to register it. Yeah. You know, and with the whole FAA license thing, uh, it does. If I'm using it for commercial purposes, like say I, you know, do a real estate shoot or whatever, and I'm flying the Mavic Mini, I still have to have it registered because I'm doing. Uh, it doesn't matter the weight. You still have to. If you're using it for commercial purposes, you still have to register. Oh wow! Dang. So other than like flying drones and all that, right now, do you have any 
other like projects you've been working on or any like different hobbies and stuff you've been getting into? Oh shoot. Um, you know, I, I've pretty much set aside everything else and just been really honing in on drones. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I, I, uh, but I mean, it's like an obsession. I'm telling you. Um, but, but also, uh, I've, I've really gotten into, and this has been a long ongoing thing, uh, for at least since for the last six, six months, at least. Uh, but I've been really been nerding out on physics and, and uh, just science and space stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, but physics in general, just like how the, the physics of everything, you know what I mean? Huh. Um, it's, it, I just, I'm always intrigued when it, looking at anything in any situation and being like, how the fuck is that? Like, how does that work? You know what I mean? And, and, and mm. what's crazy is being so into the, this physics stuff, I've caught myself this uh, realizing what's going on without having to like, look into it i my brain just kind of connects the dots now in ways so that when i, I don't oh, know cool. it's kind of hard to describe like it but anyway uh what's crazy about learning too like learning intense subjects like this is the more that you learn about things uh, like the more the more information you're able to soak the more you realize that you actually don't know anything at all <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and and what's crazy is that there's a sliver of information that we know that we don't know and then there's a massive pool sea ocean universe of information that we don't even realize that we don't know like we do it, it right. you know what i'm saying does that even make sense which is slightly terrifying no yeah it's, right. it's uh it makes you seem like so insignificant which is you know true but we are that's yeah. that's you know bare bones of it <laughs> right with your new knowledge of physics and everything are you gonna have a whole like educational album you're gonna come out with Oh my god, that would be so cool. Um, uh, no, not that I can think of, but I have kind of thought about writing a song. Uh, someone had mentioned this uh, before about writing a song about uh, entanglement, or uh, you know, you, I don't know if you know about the concept of uh, quantum entanglement, but um, I thought about it. And I was like, ah, well, I'm not sure how well it'll translate. I'm not too great at uh, taking concepts and putting them into songs. Yeah. This may be the most educational episode I think we've had so far, Shane. You know, I <laughs> actually I think it is so far. It'll keep the kids entertained. Yeah. <laughs> Get into space and physics and science. It'll blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> True no, for real though, it, like just think about this: how how light works. Like you, it, when you go into the concepts, like I mean, some people listening probably know all this stuff already. So I'm like I, but like people who don't. It, it's uh it, it doesn't work how you think it how you think it's gonna work it, it works completely unintuitively and that's like how the most of the universe is like it's as though getting into it and and, and learning about it is mind-blowing like their shit shit works much much different than than our human senses allow us to to perceive things one of my favorite things that i learned in college because i went for audio engineering is um how the polarity of frequencies cancel out each other which yeah is... the interference pattern or not the interference pattern sorry the um uh destructive interference yes and it's so fun to mess with in a studio setting oh, we, can imagine <laughs> we would sit there and we would have like a like a regular radio playing and then we'd have multiple mics set up around the room and then we would just fuck with the polarity of everything to see if we could cancel it out and make it silent and it was actually kind of fun 
the thing that we would do the most to like mess with other people though is the studio monitors we'd flip the polarity of one of them so oh, there's a spot called the sweet spot when you're mixing which is uh like right in between the monitors where you get all of like the frequencies that are coming out are hitting all at the same time so when you mi mm. when you flip the polarity of one of them the sweet spot becomes a dead zone oh jeez <laughs> and what? It's, it's so fun to like see people and like they get everything set up and they're like oh yeah this is sounding good that they sit down and they're like wait what just happened <laughs> that's so so you're saying like sitting in front of the like say mixing station and you have monitors facing you directly and, like and it's the person who sits in front of the monitors that like suddenly because you're in the center that sweet spot disappears because the frequency of the way like they're canceling out as they reach your ears is that what you're saying yeah and what? it's <laughs> it's so fun to do and then like we uh we looked into it a little bit more and theoretically you could do the same thing with light yeah mm -hmm. which... actually they have already done that with the laser inferometer gravitational wave observatory LIGO you should check it out they've already done that those were words totally <laughs> um, LIGO uh, you should look it up it's like a Oh, okay. So it's a giant laser that they shoot down like a, a huge, long hallway, and it reflects off a mirror. And when the light uh, is passing through, like, so uh, when it gets reflected and it's passing through itself, it cancels itself out, right? Um, and so because the uh, w when black holes merge, they're like uh, making a big circle around each other, and they go to merge. Um, they they send out gravitational waves throughout the universe, and this 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 laser technology will be disrupted uh, when gravitational waves reach it, and so the therefore the light will suddenly show up because uh, space has been stretched enough to cause that um, uh, interference pattern to to stop, and so that way it's not interfering anymore, and light actually shows up. Does that mean I don't know if that makes any sense? If it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, there's Probably uh, um, better videos and descriptions and stuff on the on the internet. Definitely check out the uh, the laser inferometer gravitational wave observatory. Uh, there's two of them. One is and they're both in the U.S. They're, one's in like Louisiana and the other one's here in Washington. And, that is um, they, so they, cool. That is amazing. Yeah, it's I'm, like I told you, I've been nerding out with physics <laughs> so bad. Like it's not it's crazy. I am going to go back and re-listen to that. Until I understand be rambling. So. <laughs> I'm going to go, um, Shane and I, we're just going to go back, listen to this episode, and take notes. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, write down these words, figure out what they mean, put in, this, put in the vocabulary. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally fun. I want to know about all this now. stuff, so I'm so, so interested. Yeah, it's, uh, I love learning about Well, the about thing that's cool about that, that thing... Oh yeah. Uh, well, what's sorry about firing all that information at you guys, but what what's cool about that is is uh, the you were saying light can interfere with itself and then um, cause it to to disappear essentially because uh, there are electromagnetic waves that uh, with an interfere like um, when we need the same waves but like you said polarized they'll like cancel each other out and light will disappear and that's what they were doing at the at that LIGO place right but what the the reason they were doing that was to 
to detect black holes that are merging uh, out in out in the universe. And and before they actually did that, they didn't actually have proof that black holes existed at all. They only had mathematical uh, uh, theoretical predictions on this. And and so with this giant laser thing, they actually proved that black holes are real. And you can go look at the, look it up on the internet and and the sound that they make that when they merge. They took this the vibrational frequency and they applied it to uh, you know an electronic sound and so you can hear them and they go, Whoop. it's fucking weird. That's awesome. It's crazy because they're because they're circling each other and then they their frequency increases until they collide and they're a single. Wow, is that what they anyway, use I'm to sorry. get? I'm... Uh, is that what they use to get like the photo of the black hole that they uh, managed to uh, do no. like, a couple years ago? No, actually, I think what they used, I'm not sure about this, don't quote me on this one, but I think what they used is actually a collection of telescopes across the entire planet, and each time that the rotation of the Earth is facing that the center of the Milky Way, they'll like use that telescope to, to take an image, and so it's a sequence of like hundreds and hundreds of tel giant telescope oh, images across the planet, and they sequenced it together to make this, because they can't actually see the black hole because... Uh, we're such a tiny speck in comparison to how big it is. It's like, right. um, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. yeah, it has to do with angles and light. Because <laughs> you wow. know how you can't see yeah. the Milky Way, really. It's just like a blur. It's because it's so goddamn big and we're so goddamn small that we can't actually really see it. Yeah, like yeah. you look up and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a cloudy area. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then even with that, you're not even looking at the Milky Way. You're looking at technically the edge of it. Yeah, like... absolutely. You're like looking through the 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 panhandle of it, essentially. Like yeah, the arm of it. Wow, this episode. Yeah. Has I don't just... know. Sorry, I nerd out about. This is I nerd out about this stuff. I'm so sorry. You asked what my hobbies were. Outside of this stuff, and that's what. Like, this this, this episode just became like educational. <laughs> So like, <laughs> it became a science. Episode. Yeah, like that is for amazing. That makes me so happy. For all, <laughs> for all of you listeners, there is going to be a test. I hope you all. <laughs> yeah, the first person to email us the uh, <laughs> yeah. the scientific equation to figure out whatever the hell Mark was talking about. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll... If someone could uh, yeah. accurately define E equals MC square to me, that would right. be, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> they'll, they'll, win a, uh, they'll win something. We'll send yeah, something. We'll, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll both look at your email. Um, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> we'll, work, we'll, we'll take a we'll picture of a high five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. send you a high five in the mail. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But speaking yeah. of this podcast just going crazy this episode, um, <laughs> you had uh, the a podcast of your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that happened for a little while there. And it's kind of on, on uh, indefinite hold. Uh, it's not that it'll never happen again. It's just that there's not really a plan for it to happen yet, quite yet again. But yeah, yeah, I had a podcast for all right. I remember catching a couple episodes. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, oh, thanks. Bailey was the one who told me that you had a podcast because one day he freaked out. Oh, cool. I believe you had Butterflies of Death on. Yeah. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. I forgot yeah. about this. And yes. when you did your lightning round of like, what are some bands you liked? 
uh, we both freaked <laughs> out because they were like, they mentioned us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, At that yes, moment, Shane and I were like, cool. oh my God, like people know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool. weird. Like, people don't normally, like, for me at least, when I go and play shows, like, people don't normally go, oh, look, it's Bailey Blade. Or it's like, oh, look, it's, you know, it's Bailey, whatever. Like, no one usually, like, mentions me a lot. So, like, it was just strange when they were like, yeah, Bailey clearly like that band. I'm like, oh my god, it's me. <laughs> and then I was like, Shane, they sent me too. Click. Yeah. You gotta watch the thing. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Since we mentioned your podcast and the lightning round of what's your favorite band uh, or bands, what are some of your favorite bands? Here's our lightning oh, round. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, shoot. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, Larry and his flask and, and uh, two-man gentleman band. Uh, I really like Brown Bird. Brown Bird's a really, really good band. Uh, let's see some homies bands like uh, Trek Bed Boys, Sanatorium Hill, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Portland people would be like Dogtooth and Nail. Um, uh, shoot, there's so many people. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, there's so many people. Oh, my God. It never ends. Like, Butterflies of Death we were just talking about. <laughs> um, oh, my God. It's different to be yeah, on the other wish... end of that question, huh? <laughs> it really is. I feel and, and I feel like I did it okay. Like, I mean, because I had a few, but... Like sometimes when we would ask people that question, oh my god! Like it was, it was a hit or miss. Sometimes we'd be like, holy shit, they're firing them off, and then sometimes they would freeze. Just and I expected to freeze, and I don't think I did. That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Here is a but, song cool. from yeah, Robert's so Roost for, uh, entitled "Bar 14." Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Local Listens, and next week's guest is Michael Sinner of the Bridge City Sinners and King String. We hope you tune in next time and have a great and music-filled week. Ship we've sailed, is it me or is it you? Not sure there's anything.